Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, January 29th, and on the show today, we're going to recap last night's win over the Pittsburgh Penguins at TD Garden, and I will later be joined by Mayor Zilberberg of Leafs Nation for another installment of This Week in Hockey. Before I do that, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Wherever you get your podcasts, if you could kindly subscribe, each new episode will be added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. We got a new review the other day from Jerry Five Pujols, who said, Great show, knows his Bruins hockey, even though he's from Guelph, Ontario. And indeed, I am in Guelph, Ontario, about an hour west of Toronto, and I am a lifelong Bruins fan since the late 1980s. I have been writing about hockey for about 15, 16 years now. Worked full-time hockey media as a news editor for The Score for about five years, uh, where I was able to go to the Hall of Fame, interview Sidney Crosby, Mark Recchi, Dave Andrewchuk. That was really cool. Uh, Most recently, freelancing for SB Nation, covering junior hockey prospects and was able to cover the OHL champion run for the Guelph Storm back in 2019. Digital marketing by day, been hosting this podcast since October 2019, and very happy to be able to join each and every one of you every day to discuss our Boston Bruins, who beat the Pittsburgh Penguins last night, and the big story was the fourth line, who stepped up in a big way. Patrice Bergeron did score two goals in the win, but it was the trio of Chris Wagner, Sean Corrali, and Andres Bjork who really stood out and scored the first two goals for the Bruins, which eventually stood up as all the offense that they needed. When asked about the performance of the fourth line, head coach Bruce Cassidy said he thought Chris Wagner had been real close to scoring the last few games. Wagner opened the scoring with a very nice shot past the Penguins net miner. Cassidy added he's had some tough luck around the net and they're starting to generate a little more and feed off each other. He thought Anders Bjork was real good last night, made a great play to Berge early on and was around the puck. Sean Corrali with good discipline play in the middle of the ice. He was very happy for that line and when those guys score it always lifts the bench. Sean Corrali matches up well against a good line. They usually get a lot of D-zone starts. They've got a centerman on each dot that can take draws like Wagner. And they're trying to build Bjork into that line. Trent Frederick had been down on the fourth line to begin the season. He's been promoted to the third line. And they're seeing whether or not Anders Bjork can, you know, complement Corrali and Wagner. And last night, it certainly did uh, pan out. He brings some speed, a little creativity on the line. The goal that Sean Corrali was credited for was all Anders Bjork, just skating around the ice, uh, keeping possession, getting the puck on net, finding its way behind the goalie. Uh, They have to do a lot of the dirty work, D-zone starts, penalty kill, 
some of the stuff doesn't show up in the score sheet, but the fact that they were rewarded with a couple goals uh, was really good on them. And Bjork said after the game, we pride ourselves on sticking together, creating energy among ourselves as teammates. And I think that's shown there's been injuries and things like that and new guys in the lineup, young guys playing bigger roles. But the Bruins are a close team. They're sticking together here, which is paying off right now and something we want to continue to grow on. Now, when Jake DeBrusk is back in the lineup, uh, it might cause some uh, rearranging even more. As you know, you have Marchand, DeBrusk, Frederick, Richie, Bjork, all vying for time on the left side. I don't know if perhaps Bjork... Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do uh, when all that pans out. Perhaps put Richie on the right side of the second line. We'll see how that plays out. But for the time being... It paid off in this win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, there was some bad news that came out of this one. Defenseman Matt Grizzlick left Thursday's game in the second period with an assist having already been recorded. He didn't return due to a lower body injury. This is becoming a bit of a, a pattern. He's now left three games, missed a couple due to injury. It's a different injury than the one he suffered that kept him out the previous games. Cassidy admitted it's a tough start for Grizzlick. He won't be available for Saturday's game against the Capitals. They're listing him as day-to-day, but it looks like it might be a few days. Have more info here on Friday. Worst case, Saturday morning when it calms down, but the initial prognosis is day-to-day with a lower body injury. Patrice Bergeron led the way in scoring with the two goals for a team-high two points. Bjork... Coyle, Wagner, Corrali, Marchand, Grizzlick, McAvoy also chipped in uh, when it came to offense. Yaroslav Halak stopped 16 of 17 shots for a 941 save percentage. And the Bruins overall outshot the Penguins by a margin of, uh, what was it here, 20 to 17. So kind of a low, uh, low event game, but... The Bruins got the puck on net and came out with the win. They now have a record of, what's the updated record? 5-1-1 one, one through uh, 7 games, 11 points, 786 point percentage, a plus 9 goal differential, which is tops in uh, the division. And they will now play two games against the Washington Capitals, I mentioned in my chat with Mayor that Zdeno Chara scored last night for the Capitals, his first with his new team, and they really seem to be rallying around him as he, you know, establishes himself as a uh, important part of what they hope to be a contending team. These will be two big games for the Bruins coming up Saturday and Monday, and of course on Monday's podcast we'll recap whatever happens on Saturday as well as preview the rematch that will take place that evening. I should also mention the Bruins paid tribute to AJ Quetta, who suffered a spinal cord injury on Tuesday, January 26th, during a hockey game. The Jacobs family, the Boston Bruins, and the Boston Bruins Foundation pledged a minimum donation of $100,000 as a gesture of support. Players from both the Bruins and Penguins wrapped their sticks in green and gold tape during warm-ups, matching the shamrock colors of AJ's high school team at Bishop Fian High School. Select used game sticks from both teams 
were autographed and scheduled for auction with all the proceeds benefiting AJ and his family. Brad Marchand hung AJ's jersey on the Bruins' bench during warm-ups, and he said, we just wanted to show that we're thinking about him and we want to support him. I can't imagine what the family is all going through. We just wanted to let everyone know we're there to support him and support his family. Chris Wagner added, our team is really thinking about him and his family and everybody affected. And I, too, send my well wishes to AJ and, uh, yeah, anything we can do here to support his, him and his family, get the word out, uh, support the GoFundMe. That would be very much appreciated. Let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. Super Bowl is coming up, NHL, NBA seasons in full swing, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can also visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Locked On Today is an exciting new podcast here on the Locked On Network. You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski hosts this new podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, I am joined once again by Mayor Zilberberg, who is on Long Island, as we've established several times. And uh, yeah, another This Week in Hockey segment with Mayor on tap here on the podcast today. How are you doing, Mayor? I'm good. I'm doing well because the Leafs are on a four-game winning streak. Uh, right. Yes. I'm just seeing that. They uh, won last night. Most points in the NHL with 14. Yep. And uh, yeah, just feasting on those Canadian teams, I guess, eh? It's what it looks like. It's what it feels like. It's nice. It's a nice feeling. Nice to uh, be away from the Lightning and the Bruins. That's I should uh, should mention that while the Leafs have 14 points, the Boston Bruins have a better win percentage than the Maple Leafs at the moment. The Leafs are, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, seventh in the NHL in terms of win percentage because they've played the most games in the NHL to date. They've won seven, lost two. But um, that win percentage is a, is a key stat when it comes to the NHL this season and games postponed due to COVID. Can you take a guess who has the best win percentage in the NHL at the moment? Is it the Bruins, Ian? It's not. The Bruins are slightly ahead of the Leafs. 786 for the Bruins. Okay, fine. So then... There's one team that's a perfect. Oh, I know who has the best win percentage. Who's that? I know this. It's the Dallas Stars. That's correct. Yep. I do know this because I checked the standings most mornings. And four they won all 0 and 0. Yes, I did know that one. They've only played four games because of postponement for COVID 19, postponement. But what's most impressive about Dallas is not that they're 4 0 and 0, but they already have uh, the best goal differential in those games as well. They're a plus 13 in those four games, which is insane. And that's top I actually in the NHL think what's too. most impressive is that they're. 
they're doing all that without Tyler Sagan, who's out for the season. Very true. Very true. Yep. I actually, in one of my, in one of my keeper leagues, I scooped up Joe Pavelski, who's, who's on fire to start this season. Well, that's what they need, right? They need their other guys to step up. Jamie Ben had a bit of a down season last season. They're going to need Jamie Ben to be at the, you know, the best Jamie Ben he can be. Right. Um, and they're going to need their other guys to step up in goal scoring too, if they're going to deal with the loss of Tyler Sagan for a whole season. So your thoughts on the Leafs? I guess you're uh, pretty happy at the moment. You know, it is it is a good season start for them. I think this is one of their best records to start a season in a while. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to be playing a far more balanced game. Um, fewer track meets, one goal games, which are stressful, but are also fun and are, are also important. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk after the, the last win about ugly wins and that you need to be able to win those games to actually succeed. Yep. You can't always just run up the score. Um, and that's what we're seeing from the Leafs this year so far is that they can buckle down. Even if it's not 60 minutes of perfect play, they are hanging on. Um, and that's, that's different than what we were seeing from the Leafs from the last few seasons. So I, I do like that. And that is promising. And I just want to mention, I tweeted it this morning, but this is important to me because I'm very superstitious mm -hmm. that the Leafs are four and out when my dog wears his leaf scarf on games. Oh, well, there you go. Keep that scarf on all season long, I guess. Yeah. So I think that this is all me and has nothing to do with anything else. Yes. Obviously a lot of people, a lot of people think that on, uh, on Twitter, I, it, when people are like, Oh, I'm going out for a minute. So this is when news is going to break, blah, blah, blah. That's uh that's a, a common notion on uh, social media, but you know, yes. perhaps there's some truth to it. I'm just, uh, I'm superstitious in everything. It's not just hockey. It comes from my dad and we're just superstitious people. So speaking of point percentage, the Leafs, are second in the Canadian division when it comes to point mm -hmm. percentage behind the even red hotter, redder, hotter, redder, yeah. hot. Uh, I don't know what they are, but the, the Habs are doing something. They're very, uh, yeah, 5 0 oh, 2, 12 points plus 13. They're tied with Dallas. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can't lie and say that I haven't dreamt about a, a Habs Bruins Stanley Cup final. That would be uh, that would be pretty cool. But uh, I think it, yeah, up north it definitely looks like it's Montreal, Toronto at the top, and then yeah, Winnipeg's okay. The rest not looking not looking too great at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's there is there's like a top two, and then a third that's kind of hanging in there, and then yeah. it drops off. It's like a big. There's a big gap. Ottawa is just abysmal. Yeah. I am interested to see as the season progresses and we sort of settle into the middle, um, how Montreal and Toronto like jockey those top two spots. Have they, have they, have they played each other? Yeah, the, just the first game. The Leafs right. won overtime. Right, right. Yeah, it was an ugly game. I mean, that was Fred. That was when we were all like, what are we going to do about Freddie? And he has since right. gone down and is doing well, but it was an ugly game to start the season. Now, um, the Bruins, they play the Capitals this weekend. Zidane Chara scored last night for the Capitals, his first goal with his new team. There was a really great response from the Capitals, like just kind of, um, yeah, the whole team gathered around him. He posted on Instagram this morning. Very emotional for Bruins fans. 
and it was it would be incredibly weird to see the Bruins go up against him on uh, on Saturday for sure. Or on they play them twice coming up. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to make of that. It's just really weird. But the Leafs, yeah, they too have some players that uh, are new that are doing pretty well for them too. Wayne Simmons, you said earlier, doing pretty well. In three games. That's I I think I find it fascinating. Just like an interesting little note that these veteran players who sort of switch teams around a little bit in the offseason are doing really well settling in. I can't mm-hmm. Wayne Simmons, three goals in three games. Who would have thought, right? Yeah. Um, Jason Spezza also had his first goal of the season yesterday to open the scoring in the game and everyone, I mean, Leafs fans just love Jason Spezza. What's not to love? He's like, just seems like a nice guy and like kind of mellow dad vibes. Leafs need dads on the team. We lost Mm -hmm. Patty Marlowe and there's just, we have the young guys and then we have the dads and everyone just gets really happy when the dads are doing well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like Jason Spezza back from the Ottawa days. Um, he was, a he was a very special player back, back when he was teaming up with Heatley and Alfredson, that was like one of the best lines in the NHL for, yeah. for a few seasons. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that the younger guys talk about with Spets is that he, um, he just has so much skill and talent and teaches them so much. And that's, it's really nice to hear someone like Austin Matthews talking about how much he can learn from Jason Spezza. Like that's, that's just yeah. awesome. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Makes me feel old because yes, Spezza <laughs> was part of the Zidane Chara trade from uh, the Islanders and the Senators like way back in the day. What a terrible trade that was. To we get, are old. To get Just... Chara and Spezza for Alexi Yashin was ridiculous. Yeah. And then for the Senators not to keep Zidane Chara was almost equally as ridiculous letting him walk for nothing. I can't believe some of these guys are still playing. And then you actually look at how old they are and you're like, but that's who I am. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, Joe Thornton, who's injured. Yeah. I had dreamt that he would finish in, in Boston, but he'll probably finish in Toronto, I guess, unless he comes back maybe. But yeah, he, I was in high school when he was drafted and I mean, you're the same age, basically, or a yeah, year old. Pretty you know? much. I think he's like, I think he's a year older than me because he yeah. was drafted in '97. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. It's, yeah. We are old, but anyways, yep. I'm, I'm enjoying watching the vets have good seasons. I think that's nice. Yeah, for sure. Although, yeah, Connor McDavid can, is just lighting things up. He's got 14 points. Your boy Mitch Marner with 13 points, tied with yeah. Leon Draisaitl. So those two Oilers. Leon Still, is such a like. Why does someone so good looking have to be such a pest? <laughs> but it's crazy because the, they have the two best players in the league, arguably two of. Yeah. yeah. And they're three, six, three and six to start the season. Well, they I mean, it's the argument for the fact that this is a team sport and you need a complete team and you need depth. I mean, look at Montreal. Montreal's doing really well and they don't really have any superstars. They just have depth. Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki will yeah. be a superstar. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. not, he's not quite at the franchise player level yet. I mean, Carey Price, he's probably beyond that, but you could argue he's a superstar or was a superstar. But I mean, you get my point there. I, like, I they have it. solid depth all around their team. And yeah, for sure. Tyler Toffoli was a guy that I really wanted the Bruins to uh, to go after. 
in the off season, but uh, yeah, another swing and a miss there. Did you see uh, Alex Lafreniere scored his first NHL goal last night? Oh no, I didn't. I went to, I'm going to be honest. I went to bed early last night and didn't really watch hockey. I've had a very hockey filled week. Right. Yeah. We'll get to that in a, yeah, in a couple of moments. Right. So I did not see that, but good for him. Yes. Overtime winner against the, the Sabres, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I get warm fuzzies about the veterans and the babies. Yeah. The rookies for sure. That was really cool to see. Um, what else were we going to talk about today, Mayor? Did you want to jump into NWHL stuff? Oh, well, what were your thoughts on the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins situation with Jim Rutherford kind of just abruptly? That uh, was there. I, it remind. I mean, it says for personal reasons, I hope yes. everything's okay. It reminded me a little bit of when, um, Jim, like Jim Montgomery. Yeah. That's there. They're all gyms in Dallas. Aren't yeah. They? Yeah. When he, when he also like very abruptly, there was like something happened and he was gone and nobody knew what it was until right. much later. Um, and I'm hoping it's nothing, you know, negative or bad. It about doesn't it. sound it's like important. it. No, it sounds like it might be health related, which is unfortunate. Um, whether it's his own health or a family member's health. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the inclination I have. For I've that. seen too that it was possibly like philosophical differences with the, uh, with Mario Lemieux and ownership, like he apparently he wanted to trade like a Chris Letang or explore trading and of getting Malkin or something like that. And it was poo pooed by ownership. So he maybe felt like, you know, if he wasn't going to be able to use his power to do what he thought might be best for the team long-term, then why bother? Maybe I wonder, I'm sure more will come out about it at some point. They always, break their silence like yeah 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 um but it was shocking and i just i also just remember during the off season we were all kind of like what is he thinking some of those trades that he (laughs) did make were so i mean toronto benefited from one of them yeah and so interesting yeah i'm interested to see what more comes out about that i could honestly see them not making the playoffs just watching them the last couple nights their goaltending is atrocious and yeah i don't know i could see them kind of not yeah maybe entering rebuild mode or becoming the chicago blackhawks sooner than later yeah that is troubling the other thing i think we were going to mention was the covid there was that oh right was that post earlier this week about the which conference is it that has had the what lightning central central that is like they have to squeeze yeah six games into 102 days or something like that. Yeah. And just the impact of COVID on the teams. I think you and I talked about this, the teams that have fans in attendance, mm-hmm. which is yeah. not a coincidence. Um, but that schedule is grueling. Like that's, that's really hard. Yeah. Like the hurricanes, the Panthers, the stars, they've only played four games so far because of COVID related Right. The Panthers weren't even directly affected by it. No, it was they were, like it was they were supposed they to play were the Hurricanes. Yeah. They were supposed to play the Stars. The stars, right. And now um, last night, the Vegas and St. Louis was postponed. Yeah. Because of an outbreak, or at least a, I think Alex Pietrangelo was. Yeah, he was part added. of the Yeah. So, yeah. St. Louis says allowing fans in the stands. Dallas. Um, yeah. Well, it's Carolina. It's, oh, maybe not Carolina, but yeah, some of these teams that are, it's like maybe read the room and 
yeah, just shut not down. For now. <laughs> if you want to keep playing and you want to finish the season, just shut down the fans. Yeah. Like it's unfortunate. We all get it. People want to come to hockey games, but weigh it out. Yeah. Built Bar is quite simply the best tasting protein bar out there. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake among them. Some do have nuts, others do not. And each bar is gluten-free, which is important for me as someone with celiac. They're covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. But it's not just a delicious treat. It's also great for the health-conscious person. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from LOCKEDON fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen. He'll give you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, so that's so that actually is a nice sort of bridge to the NWHL because yes. yesterday it was announced that the Metropolitan Riveters are pulling out of the bubble and the season for COVID-related reasons, um, which is unfortunate. You know, they got mm. off the, the, the bubble got off to a really nice start last weekend. The Toronto six had their debut. I was all hockey all the time for Saturday mm. and Sunday. It was great. Um, a lot of fun. The team, the Toronto six came out flying. Um, beat the pride. What? They beat the pride. They beat the pride. Almost so they, beat the white caps. They have a two and two record now. No, they have a two. They are, they lost one. They tied, went to overtime and then one, two. So that's okay. decent for a brand new team. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, they were not at the bottom of the of the teams in, in the bubble. Um, they're still not with the Whitecaps, the Riveters leaving, I mean. Um, but the it's so it's been it's been a really fun start, but then there was some drama. Yes. There was some drama. There was um, around the NWHL. It's it's been an interesting few days. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want me to sort of recap it a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I talked about it a bit on Wednesday, but yeah, we can we can recap a little bit. Um, you've probably been following it a bit closer than I have. Yeah. Did you, did you so wanna... um, I honestly, I will be honest that um, you know I'm I'm newer to covering the NWHL, so I don't know a ton of the backstory. I, I sort of paid attention peripherally to it before now, but my understanding is that um, the CEO, the female CEO of Barstool Sports considers herself a supporter of women's hockey. Mm-hmm. Fine. Um, and, and there are those who um, are aligned with the NWHL, whether it's, you know, the reporters, bloggers, um, most women and some, you know, some non-binary folks who um, take issue with Barstool's methods and way of approaching sports Mm -hmm. and have tweeted about it openly. So earlier this week, Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool, posted a video calling out a bunch of um, reporters, social media people, bloggers from the NWHL sphere who had taken issue with her or criticized her or criticized Barstool. Mm -hmm. And the first immediate response back was Soraya Tinker, who is an NWHL player who is black. 
Right. And she tweeted unequivocally that, you know, her position was that she has no time for barstool. She finds them racist and bigoted and misogynistic right. and she wants nothing to do with them. And this sort of like started a hailstorm of drama. There are some WHL players who seem to support Nardini and Barstool, despite the fact that um, some of their teammates and, and friends were being targeted. This spiraled and, and blew up all over the place and has been pretty dramatic over the past few days. Yeah. Um, the NWHL came out with a, with a statement. The, the league came out with a statement basically saying, we don't we do not choose to align with this type of organization. They don't match our values. Right. Um, so that's sort of where we are. And then, yeah, as it happens, the Riveters, the team yes. for whom, uh, Soraya Tinker plays for leaving the bubble due to COVID. Um, yeah. and yeah, just so much going on. It's kind of the more I've been thinking about it. It's just, yeah, really kind of sad that this is all kind of taking away from some really excellent hockey yeah, being really played in Lake Placid. Like it's been really entertaining. Over the weekend, I said, yeah, the games on Saturday were better than what you saw around most of the NHL for sure. Yeah, no, the games have been great. The six have uh, the six play a, a game. I mean, again, I'm I'm a little bit newer, but now I've watched them play four games and I've watched the whole thing um, against other teams, and they play a game that to me feels like a little bit of a different style than the NWHL might be used to. They, they yeah. play, this is what Digit Murphy had told me ahead of the season. And I see it really like she said, she used the words fast and furious. And <laughs> I think that's very true. They play fast. They, they are physical more so than I think the NWHL is used to mm -hmm. Toronto games, whoever they're playing seem to have a lot of penalties, both for and against Toronto. Um, so they, they get called and they draw them. Um, but they, they play a style of hockey that I think is just a little bit different than what the NWHL is used to. And it took them a, a couple games to sort of settle into how they could match what they want to play with what the league style is. And I think that they've, they've found a really good groove. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and like the good hockey part of everything going on. Like and I like to focus on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Super impressive that they, well, they built that big lead on the white caps eventually, you know, coughed up the league in uh, somewhat Toronto hockey style, yes, but yes. to hang with them, to beat the pride, those were the two top teams last season. Yes. I'm just going to mention again that the first <laughs> Toronto six win was against the Boston pride. Yes. yes. Just going to mention that for no reason. So yeah, very impressive, obviously for a, an expansion team. And that should be one of the, main stories coming out of the, the Lake yeah. Placid bubble, but unfortunately it's been kind of overshadowed by, yeah. by all this. And, you know, the way I see it, if, if you truly care about women's hockey and want it to succeed, you wouldn't be kind of overshadowing it with, with drama. kind of your, your own drama. I drama. Or, I just, yeah. Yeah. My, listen, I, I have my own opinions on barstool and they're yeah. all over my twitter so if you want to know what they are go there but but just sort of like the big picture to me is that when you are the ceo or the president of a huge media conglomerate that has a lot of attention and and you know followers and your position is to attack the little people attack right. bloggers attack you know small time media who are work young women who are working really hard to just make make a living or grow a game and a sport yeah that that 
power imbalance feels really yucky to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's kind of Barstool's identity is to like attack anyone who doesn't like them. Like Mm -hmm. why? You have your following, you have your fans, just just go there, stay in that lane and, and don't, what kind of legitimate media company attacks people who don't like them? What is the point of that? It's yeah, it's just, it is, it is pointless and it's just doing more harm than good. And again, taking away from, yeah, the excellent hockey that's being played, these players who have, yeah, dedicated their lives to, to wanting to succeed in the sport. And yeah, it's, it's a real bummer that that's been the focus for sure. But what's next for the NWHL? Are there more postponements or COVID? Yeah. So they said that there, I mean, they said games are going to resume on Saturday. Um, There were supposed to be games last night that didn't get played. So they say games are supposed to resume on Saturday. Toronto six are supposed to play Saturday at noon. I'm hoping that there's a revised schedule today. There should be, I mean, Tomorrow, Saturday, right? Is that what day it is? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow, Saturday. So there should be a revised schedule today. And and I mean, I'm, I'm hoping right now the plan seems to be that they're going to keep going and they're going to keep playing. Um, How does one, how does it going down to five teams affect like, I mean, I, they, that's what they haven't haven't mentioned yet. They, they're probably working on it now. Um, I don't know. I think there's probably a, a, I mean, they can do points percentage rankings, different ways they can do it. They could also, I mean, I just thought of this and I have no idea. This is not like, I have no sources on this, but they could just keep the whole thing between the five teams and like Mm -hmm. round robin and then reseed and do like elimination. top, Top team gets a, pass and then yeah exactly five so three four the whole thing that way and let everyone play a little more because yeah. of the performance and stuff which might be an option they're considering i don't know yeah um so and you know i do i do cover there are a couple of people who who do it with me but i do cover the nwhl and the toronto six for tln mm-hmm. um and you know on twitter on my personal twitter i talk about sort of the drama and that sort of thing but we are trying to keep our tln sort of official coverage more about the hockey and the right. process happening for the six and because like you said it's important and it shouldn't be overshadowed so i think that and there are many many people better informed and better involved in the actual um i don't want to call it drama when it's real but in the actual happenings of the nwhl around inclusion and diversity um like marissa and demi and and people like that who um are talking about it and are are really doing a, a great job and doing it justice so i'm sort of I would like to promote that there are many people talking about this really um, intelligently and that if you want to know more about sort of the issues at hand, definitely check that out. For sure. Yeah. That's a, yeah, great kind of recap of what's, what's been going on in the Lake Placid bubble. We always touch on stuff, other stuff that we're enjoying or watching. What, uh, what have you been doing to remain entertained apart from hockey these days? So um, we watched The Flight Attendant, which is an episode series on HBO Max, I guess. What is that in Canada? I think it's on, I don't know if we have HBO Max. It's on Crave, I think. Yeah, That's where all the HBO shows are. It's like it's something with a C. It's not Casper. That's not what it's called. Okay. I don't know. Um, So we watched The Flight Attendant, which is, it's a good show. It's entertaining. It starts really strong and doesn't end as strong, but I really enjoyed it. And it's eight, like 40 to 45 minute episodes. So it goes by pretty quick. Um, we're watching WandaVision, but that comes out, oh, yeah. so it's not like a binge show. We, we watch that, um, with my seven-year-old son, who's very into the MCU. So, um, 
but it's really cute because we'll watch the episode and he'll ask a million questions during the episode and then the episode will end and he'll be like, okay, now explain the entire episode to me. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's confusing and yeah. complicated. So he I haven't checked it out yet. It's it's interesting. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It, there are parts of it though. I mean, like there's it, there's almost like two stories going on in WandaVision okay. and I don't want to spoil too much, but there are, I've seen this talked about online too. There are major parts of it that are very nostalgic for those of us like in our generation who grew up with, or like, maybe grew up with Nick at night if you were ever in the States or like those kinds of shows. I remember I used to be in Florida every year for New Year's when I was growing up because my grandparents were snowbirds mm -hmm. and I would watch Twilight Zone marathons with my siblings <laughs> nice. um, on New Year's Eve when we were little. And that's sort of like, you know, it's reminiscent of that. So right, right. it's fun. Or I Dream of Jeannie, like it has, or like it has a lot of that right. um, feeling to it. So there's some nostalgia there, which is nice. So yeah, so we've been watching those. Um, and I, you and I talk about this a lot. I am reading um, the Lee Child Jack Reacher books again. Right. <laughs> I've read most of them before, but many, many years ago, and I'm going back and rereading them, which is which is a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, I'm on uh, season six of Justified at the moment. I think three episodes You're in. Yes, and this this last season is uh, shaping up to be pretty good. There's some new additions to the cast, including. Sam Elliott, who's a, who I'm a huge fan of, and he's so good as uh, one of the bad guys. The redheaded guy from ER, don't know his name. The <laughs> the, um, the one of the doctors from Mindy Project. I don't remember his name, but uh, yeah, there's some. I mean, I just, I mean, I watched it a long time ago, but. The ending of Justified is one of my favorite endings of a series. Oh, that's good to know. Um, but for interesting reasons that I don't want to say until you get to the end. So when you're done, we'll we'll recap it okay. here. Um, but I don't want to explain yet why it's one of my favorite endings, but it's good. Garrett Dillahunt is the the doctor from Mindy Project. And okay. I can't remember the redheaded guy's name. He was on ER for a bit. Anyways, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and you uh, watched I'm on season four of Superstore, which I really love as well. Superstore is so much fun. Yes, I, I love it. I recommend that very highly to uh, anybody who needs a, a laugh these days. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Rewatching Lost. Oh yeah, you're doing that too. I'm deep into again. And reading the Camel Club. Reading the Camel Club. Yeah, the second book is very good. It is. And uh, yeah, just trying to survive virtual learning, which continues yeah. up here in Ontario. Very frustrating because my family lives in Ottawa, which is a much bigger city than we are here in Guelph. But they are going back to school on Monday and we are not. Yeah. Basically just because of our proximity to to Toronto and also because there's been a oh, big Toronto. outbreak big outbreak at our university as well because of oh. students gathering which is right. incredibly right. frustrating that damn, is those hopefully, damn youths hopefully the end is in sight for virtual learning it's hard. I hope so I do hope so well mayor I think that pretty much covers it for uh, for this week thanks again for taking some time to chat and uh, can you remind people where they can find find you and find your stuff Sure. So on Twitter at Mayor Out Loud, and I write for the Leafs Nation, TLN. Um, in addition to just sort of regular articles and posts, I cover the NWHL, the Toronto Six, and I do the weekly page six sort of um, 
gathering of drama around the league. Just a, a quick little rundown with some snarky commentary from me about what's been happening around the league on Wednesdays. So that's where you can find me. Very cool. Well, thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll probably touch base in a couple of weeks for another installment of This Week in Hockey. Sounds good.